Welcome to Campaign Chemistry, where we pick the brains of creative alchemists, business wizards, and marketing geniuses behind the world's greatest brand. Bringing creative and media together is the holy grail for many agencies, which often pull together teams and disciplines to cater to their clients' needs. But this can feel forced, but Gail has seemingly cracked the code. The agency, launched in 2014 in Canada, started with roots in CRM and data and has since expanded to media, creative, and PR. Gail recently launched an innovation offering called Advanced Party that aims to work with platforms and publishers on more modern and interesting kinds of storytelling. On this episode of Campaign Chemistry, we kick off 2023 with Gail CEO and President Brad Sims, who chats about how the agency's full service model works, shares why the agency has business coaches on staff, and makes some predictions for the year ahead. I'm Allison Weisbrot, editor of Campaign US, and you're listening to Campaign Chemistry. Hi, Brad. How are you? Thanks so much for being here today. Thanks a lot for inviting me. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So you are my first guest of the year, which is extremely exciting. Um, and I know it's kind of fitting because Gail has had a lot of momentum in the past year and I think has a lot of momentum to come in, in 2023. But tell people, tell listeners who might not know, what is Gail? What is your differentiator? Give us sort of like the origin story. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, happy 2023, first of all. Yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting. You know, Gail has been around for about eight and a half years. So we're relatively modern and relatively new. And um, when we started the agency, there was this idea that marketers, you know, really wanted to understand their business at a kind of a deep level, uh, more numbers driven, more quantitative. And, and we were seeing before we started Gale, you know, marketers turning to a whole set of new partners like the Accentures and the KPMGs and the Deloitte's to really get more, more granular in what the business was about, but still wanting to work with agencies to connect emotionally and creatively and tell great stories. And so when we started Gale, the idea was how can we be as smart as your management consultancy, but yet as creative as your agency and bring that together under one roof. So there was no barriers between what you learned about your business for one set of partners and what you wanted to do with that insight with another set of partners. And, you know, the other thing we, we really had in top of mind when we started Gale was building something that would last. You know, we had all spent a ton of time in the space and saw you know, uh, quick startups or specialty agencies that basically inflamed out. And so we, we had this idea of how could we build something that had a really strong foundation, a foundation in business and a foundation in storytelling. Uh, and we came up with a positioning of a business agency, which has kind of stuck with us over the last eight years. And, um, you know, we're really passionate about helping businesses grow through the use of, you know, creative and integrated marketing. And, um, in over the last eight years, we've we've had a really uh, a really great run. You know, yeah. we're uh, we're we're really happy with where we where we are right now and who we have a chance to work with every day, and uh, not only at Gale but also on the client side. Yeah. So talk about um, that business agency positioning. Like, what does that mean, and how what what kind of like competitive set do you feel that that puts you in? Yeah. It's interesting. I say to clients all the time, and I also frankly say internally, you know, the heart of a business agency can answer this question. If a brand has one more dollar to invest on the marketing side, where is the best spot to put that? Independent 
of 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 media, creative, CRM, incentives, pricing. So business agency is an agency that understands our clients' business at the depth of a management consultancy, as I said, but yet tells stories like a creative agency and brings those together and really works with our clients to understand how to grow their business. And, you know, the fundamental problem that we see out in the marketplace is, you know, if you're a creative agency, if you're a PR agency, if you're a media agency, if you're a CRM agency, dot, 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 continue, continue, and the client has one extra dollar to invest, if they ask the media agency, the answer is always media. They ask the CRM agency, the answer is always CRM. And for us, we're just really passionate about helping our clients grow their business and, and really, you know, bringing that advisory to the table. And so, you know, I think that that has kind of positioned us in an interesting way. And, and we compete with all sorts of folks, you know, everyone from the big holding companies that bring a ton of agencies together into an integrated model to the BCG digitals, um, you know, sometimes specific specialty agencies like a CRM agency or, or a media agency. But, you know, I think it's, it, it is dangerous to say you're unique because no one is truly unique. But I would say that our competitive set is highly varied uh, depending on what the opportunity is and who the client is. We see all sorts. Yeah, well, so obviously you have all of this expertise, right, in-house to be able to pull this off. Like what kind of what kind of disciplines do you need? What kind of talent do you need to because you risk you run the risk of being all things to all people. Right. So how do you kind of keep that like specialized nature of what you do? And then what expertise do you need to have in-house to, to pull it off? Yeah, it is interesting because I look, you know, I was sitting down in February of last year and I looked at a, a report that had been sent to me by my CFO and I realized at that point we were about 640 people and I thought it was a typo because I had no idea that we had grown to that many humans, frankly, at Gale. And, and, and for me, you know, when we think about our positioning, it always starts with advisory. It always starts with the consultative approach, which has been at the table, you know, for the last eight and a half years. Um, and that is core to what we do. We're obviously very data centric also. But on the on the what we what we would consider kind of the domain sides, you know, we really look for people that believe that today's marketer and today's marketing agency wins by being customer centric. And I think a lot of folks talk about customer centricity. Some people talk about digital centricity, and some people talk about being creative centric. But in our mind, it's customer centricity. And for us, what that means is. If you're the customer of a brand, if you just think about brands that you love and you think about being a customer of that brand or even, even a potential customer of that brand, and then you think about why you love that brand and where and what that brand means to you, what their values are, how they communicate to you, what they stand for, almost everyone can list the brands they love and can list, list the messages and, and, and the reasons they love the brands. But the moment you ask someone this question, what channel are you hearing that content in? Folks can't answer it. Folks can't be like, did I hear that in email? Was that in a CTV spot? Did I hear that on the app? Was that on a social feed? And for us, being customer-centric means focusing on what's important to brands, focusing on that message, and then creating that integrated kind of communication structure for a brand that allows people to fall in love with your brand 
but not necessarily realize, is this a paid media spot? Is this a CRM? Is this an app notification? Because folks aren't thinking that way. And so when we hire people at Gale, we're really looking for folks that believe in that integrated approach to marketing, that believe that an audience-centric or customer-centric approach um, is all that matters. And when you think about it from that perspective, you park your domain is kind of the secondary part of the conversation. And the first part of the conversation is, what is the audience? What is the messaging we need to get there? And what's special about our brand that they need to know? And that changes the approach because it's no longer about a media conversation or about a PR conversation or about a data conversation. Those are ways in which we bring, um, kind of bring to life the core ideas that we want for a brand. And and, and, and I think that's been, been kind of the way we've approached marketing and in our relationships with our with our partners since the beginning. So talk about how you pull it off because I know that agencies try to do this all the yep. time. They try to put whether it's putting sure. different teams together across agencies at holding companies, whether it's, you know, adding new areas of expertise into the agency. So how do you actually pull it off? How do you get creative yep. people to sit next to the data people and work together? Yep. So it all starts with the hiring of the right people frankly. I think there's enough folks out there that realize they want to work differently um, than siloed. And so for us, the bar to hire people is where it all starts. Um, you know, when we look at the folks that we have at Gale, whether it's like a Linda Platt in media or Jeff Edwards in creative or an Aaron running PR, these are folks that could be running almost their own specialty agencies. But they realize that sitting around a table in those early phases with peers that are experts in domains but passionate about integrated is how it all starts. So one of the things I think you can't do is back into it. You need to come into it for in a forward way. And by that, I mean you have to hire people that realize they want to work that way. Because I think one of the flaws is when you have a holding company that mashes together an offering of a whole bunch of agencies where the cultures aren't aligned, folks are obligated but they aren't passionate about it. And when you're obligated to do something, you never do it as well as when you believe in it from the onset. So, you know, when we hire folks, we're hiring folks that believe in that. We're hiring folks that are connected to our values and our culture. We're hiring folks that want to build something at Gale. You know, the interesting thing that folks often ask me is when you built Gale, what were you trying to fix? And I have to explain to them, I've actually, actually have never worked at an agency. I mean, my previous places I worked at were more technology-based companies. I've never worked in an agency, so I'm not trying to fix something. I'm just trying to do what makes sense. And I think that approach is kind of refreshing because it's not like when I was at this agency, it was all these issues, and now we need to fix them here. It's just like, hey, how do we have a fresh approach that makes sense to help our clients grow their business? And then how do you find great leaders um, that want to work differently because they realize that silent approach isn't the way to get it done. And when you do that, how you get it done is actually really easy because people have opted to be on that island. They have not been forced to go to that island. Mm. And I think that's a very different thing. And it feels different. When we walk into a room with a client, you know that we are all working together. We get along, we enjoy each other. We're glad, like, so it's not like we just met for a Starbucks, you know, 20 minutes beforehand. Like there's a, there's a chemistry that comes with our folks. And sometimes you can't even differentiate the media people from the creative people, from the advanced party people, from the PR people, because frankly, 
that's not how we're approaching the um, the conversation clients. Well, let's talk about that. Um, obviously, part of it is hiring the right people. But part of it is how you structure, right? And how you structure client teams and how you incentivize people. So talk about that. How What are you doing differently there? Yeah. So it never comes down to a single person. But I would say that the linchpin to how we approach effective work at Gale is this idea of this integrated strategy person uh, or integrated strategy team, folks that have the capabilities to think across earned, to think across paid, to realize that paid is not the same thing, to think about CRM journeys, to think about app notifications, to think about technology. Those humans are really the linchpin because they're the people that say, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's an app notification or whether it's a six second bumper on YouTube. It, like, like that's the team. And, and frankly, over the last eight years, we've, we've developed a really good system to grow those humans at Gale. You know, we have, um, we have a program that brings them in very early. We hire them in groups of 30. We cross train folks across multiple domains. We put them into a very defined, um, structure that allows them to develop capabilities and competencies in a very transparent way. We set goals and objectives. And, and really growing integrated strategic marketers is really, I think, been one of the ways that we glue together all of those unbelievable functions into what is a seamless approach to, um, to bringing brand marketing to to consumers and prospects. Mm. So I know Gail, Gail kind of started with like a more of a data CRM background, right? And then you grew into yeah. media, you have a technology background, grew into media, and then creative came came next. Is that is that yeah. correct? So talk about how you were able to like successfully integrate the creative piecing, because I know that that's like the hardest part, right? Like to take creative people and get them to want to work in a culture that's not like strictly creative, right? So like Talk about that. Yep, absolutely. So we did start data and CRM centric. So we always had creativity at Gale because even in the CRM space, you know, you're you're creating what is more and more sophisticated creative messaging from a CRM perspective. And um, we added in media. You know, when we decided we were going to add brand creative, uh, and, and 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 honestly, we tried a few times, and 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 um, and. It, couldn't we couldn't quite get traction going and i actually realized that in order to get the momentum going what i needed to do was find some folks that could come on that were thinking about brand creative in a different way and you know i met winston uh binge working on a shared client uh craft uh craft retailer down in uh down in Texas. And, and, you know, he had a long history of brand creative and, and realized that it just needed to be done differently. It wasn't about the Super Bowl spot. And then, you know, we got introduced to Jeff Edwards and Jeff joined us. Jeff also has a long history of brand creative, but also realized things needed to work differently. They needed to be more addressable. They needed to be more community-based. And frankly, for me, what I've found as I've added domains and disciplines over time, whether it was the media or PR or production or creative, is it starts a little bit with leadership. It starts a little bit with finding those leaders that want to work differently because they're the folks that have credibility in the community to say, no, 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 this way can work. You know, one of the, one of the things that folks at Gale 
see all the time with me is when someone says, well, we need to do it this way because this is how it's always been done. Then I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Let's double click on that and really understand, does it still have to be done that way? And so finding really strong leaders that can come in that want to work integrated and want to work want to work differently is uh, is important when you add capabilities into an integrated mix. You know, one of the things that Winston and Jeff would, would tell you, and, and we talked a lot about it uh, at the beginning when they were joining Gale, is, you know, traditionally when you walk in to talk to a client about a new piece of business, you lead with a big creative idea, and you get everyone excited, and then everything else has 10 minutes at the end. When Gail walks in to talk to a client, we start with our understanding of their business, what the data has told them, what we know from their existing customers, where frankly is often where a great strategy can come from. It's what's working with existing customers. We talk about how we're going to measure it, right? how we're going to optimize it, and then what those insights are. And then we get to how does that manifest itself in an unbelievable media and creative execution that achieves all of those other things, which means we kind of turn the table on how we have that conversation. Finding folks that philosophically believe that that was a more effective way to drive outcomes for clients is how it all had, is how it all began when we added the brand creative folks and and now I think our, our creative team is is well over a hundred folks um, you know doing great work for great clients like um, you know Hard Rock and Milk and Chipotle um, doing unbelievable work yeah so. It's interesting when you talk about how you approach pitching, you almost flip it on its head. Like, how do clients respond to that? Are there some that are really excited, some that are a little scared? Like, what's the general reaction? For us, it's a it's a really important witness test around whether the whether the client is going to be a client that we're going to work well with. Which is, I I really want the client to be as passionate about growing their business through whatever ways possible as we are. The client just wants to, for example, do a Super Bowl ad or you know, has a, wants to create a shiny creative object or do some really cool emails. Frankly, that's probably not going to be a great client for us. A client that's going to get the best out of us and we're going to produce the best for. So when we start with a business conversation, I want them to be as fired up about that as we are because it goes back to that question which is where do I invest that next dollar to get the best return? And if, if the client is like, no, 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 I really just need to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. Even though that's not the right answer to that question, that probably is not going to be the best client for us. And so for us, that is, uh, that's, almost the chemi- that's almost the reverse chemistry check, right? It's like, can we have a 25-minute business conversation in a two-hour meeting in which everyone is just as fired up as when they see that unbelievable creative execution that like just completely floors everyone and everyone's fired up about that. Can they be as fired up about that business conversation that kicks off the meeting? Because frankly, if you're doing a whole bunch of marketing communications and you're not driving the business, then frankly, it's not going to be a business for long. Yeah. And so, so for us, that's a really important balance we try to find with our clients. And it is a great way for us to assess chemistry and fit with our clients. So um, Gail recently just added a new discipline, right, to to the agency or yeah. recently revealed it, um, Advanced Party. Yeah. Talk about what, what that is party. and what you are um, trying to do, what gap you're trying to fill, what you're trying to offer clients with it. 
I mean, it's really interesting because it goes back to that question, um, that statement that I talked about a few minutes ago, which is it's always been done this way. You know, I was in uh, I was in Cannes this year, and we were meeting with a lot of the media platforms and partners uh, because you know, media. Gail does a tremendous amount of media now; has unbelievable media clients, in which we're you know doing some really fantastic work with. And I was meeting with them, and as much as I was trying to get to conversations with them about innovative formats, what their priorities were, how we could tell great stories you know, how we could, what the premium experiences were, you know, by no fault of their own, they were really wired to talk to me about ad units and CPM and training of hands-on keyboards. And it just, it occurred to me that all of that is extremely important. We want the most effective media. We want our people to be trained on the media. But frankly, if I look at some of the things that makes Gale special, you know, I look at, uh, I look at the, the, the broader group of of agencies in Stagwell, you look at the, the agency that buys the most premium media, it's Gale. If you look at the agency that does the first mover things with TikTok or Snapchat, it's Gale. And the reason it is, is because the ideating, that around the table conversation I talked about before that's customer centric, starts with customers and storytelling, as opposed to, hey, we've taken this position on this media and we need to use it. So advanced party, in my mind, was how do we engage the media platforms in conversations that are not inventory and CPM related, but rather innovation and alphas and beta related. You know, what's really important to you? Where do you think you're going to win? What is coming out that's new? What are you looking for a really good partner for? And then we can put that into really innovative ways in which we want to tell stories and we can figure out how to, how to activate against that in, 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 in really smart ways but getting that conversation going required us to bring in a different set of people to have a different set of conversations with all of the, the publishers and the platforms. And so Ben joined us about uh, about four or five months ago. I'd been spending spent over a year talking to him. And for me, he has a perfect background, right? He has a cre- creative background, spent time at, at, a, at a publisher at T-Brand Studios. So he understood creative storytelling. He understood what it's like to respond to 1,200 media RFPs in a year and how that's a machine that actually never gets the most creative answers out. And so we joined Gail, and, and his mission is to just engage um, you know, all of our partners in ways in which we could figure out what's really interesting that's going on in their ecosystem that we can use to tell great stories. And, and that goes also back to this idea that consumers or prospects can't differentiate media from owned, from earned anymore. I mean, you know, obviously being transparent around when you're buying media is important as a brand. But if you think about it, influencers that are now called creators are often paid by brands, you know, and are super effective telling stories, but you want them to do it in their own way, but you still pay them, you know? So it's like, it's like, there's this really interesting push and pull going on right now. And Ben's job is just to make sure we're at the forefront of really cool ways to tell stories on platforms and then we'll figure out the right cpms and the right ways to buy it but tell me what's innovative and new that's happening on your platform that we can that we can lean into so is this about like learning about new features and ad products and different consumer products that they're launching and getting ahead of it like what where are you trying to take the conversation yeah i mean 
you know, you look at some of the stuff we did with Milk, uh, maybe about eight months ago, where we were using on Snapchat some of their new lens features that we had that they had just rolled out, and we were seeing engagement times of like three minutes. You look at some of the work we did with TikTok with Bomb Pop around the July 4th, where we did the brand admission work, uh, engaging creators on the platform the first time it had been on in North America. You know, those for me are great examples of getting out before the features have gotten to mass adoption and actually putting them into play with our brands to drive outsized performance by being first to market in interesting ways. And so those are two examples of where, you know, we engaged with platforms and it wasn't like, what can we buy right now that everyone else is buying? It's kind of like, what is about to be there that we could incorporate and buy and do something really cool and interesting with. And, 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 and those are two examples that really drove unbelievable business results and just really solidified for me that those conversations are there for the happening across all the media publishers. If you are committed to getting in there and having them with them. And, and that's what advanced parties about for Gail. Interesting. So I want to switch gears a little and talk about talent. I know that Gail has an interesting approach to talent as well. You have Two business coaches on staff, I believe. What What is that for? What's the purpose of that? Yeah. So, I mean, all we are is our talent at Gale. Frankly, our talent and our culture uh, that is that is our that is our currency, right? That's our that's our value to our clients. And so, you know, when we started Gale, um, uh, one of the very first things we did before we even had a name was we created our core values. And then we decided that our core values were going to be integrated into everything we did, uh, because that's the way to really reinforce our values and ensure that they create a culture that is really strong. And in doing that, one of the things we started to realize is that we frankly have a commitment to our people at Gale. As agencies, a lot of times we are hiring folks that are new to the workforce, whether they are new to the workforce or they're just coming out of school or... They haven't gone to school and, you know, but they're new. We're often teaching those humans really core life skills, how to simplify, how to present, how to negotiate, how to deal with conflict. But in doing that, I think we also have a responsibility to provide kind of independent advice to folks that work at Gale, because the reality is folks are not going to work at Gale for the rest of their career. It's just not going to happen. So the, the, the business coach idea came on board as someone that an employee at Gale could have a confidential conversation with and get confidential advice and guidance. Like, is Gale the right place for me two years from now? Or I'm really struggling with this. And, and, the, and the career coach can provide really candid advice, which is different than an HR conversation and different than a manager conversation, right, around that employee and I say to my career coaches all the time, you know, even if your advice is it's time to move on from Gale because what you want to do isn't on the path here, if that's the right answer, that's the right answer. And so the career coach is is there to provide folks with an independent point of view, like, no, you're not seeing it the right way. There's this path for you at Gale. Why don't we figure out how to get you there? Or, or frankly, that conflict that you're having with your manager, yeah, I want to talk to your manager, but you need to approach it differently also. Let me tell you about how you have to do that and really be a, a, um, uh, a resource in the, in the real sense of the word resource that folks can 
folks can use at their time at Gale to, frankly, um, you know, move their career along, which which ultimately I think we have a responsibility to do. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. How can talent access these career coaches? Do they have like mandatory meetings or they just set it up when they want to? Yeah. So they, they, everyone that joins Gale spends time with, uh, with, the, with the coaches, actually three of them now. We have, we have, we've actually hired a new one. Um, spend time, spends time during the onboarding. Um, the career coaches are responsible for some of our onboarding process at Gale. So they do stuff like our goals and objectives. You know, one of the things we do at Gale is every single year, every employee at Gale sets goals and objectives. Those goals and objectives are set along our core values. Um, those conversations then happen with managers throughout the year. And then once a year, we do performance feedback based off your goals and objectives, which are based off our competency matrix. The career coach manages that process because that's about having those goal-based conversations with folks. You know, often we see in, 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 in the agency space, but even broader than that, folks join organizations, but don't necessarily spend the time to say, hey, what do I want to accomplish this year? What do I want to accomplish in three years from now? The career coaches nudge folks to have those conversations and create that type of structure because, frankly, that's how you drive to growth. And, and if the answer is, look, this year I have a lot going on in my life. I'm, I'm doing this and this and this. And what I really need to do is just be really great at my job for the next 12 to 16 months. That's a perfectly fine answer as long as it's an active decision mm. as opposed to, you know, what's really important to me is getting to that next level, which the career coach could be like, well, here's a competency matrix. This is what you need to do. Let's talk about how you get there. What we're trying to do is really drive active decisions with the folks at Gale, whatever those active decisions are for folks so that they're making active decisions. They're not passively backing into something because the, you know, our nightmare at Gale is when someone shows up and they're like, well, I've been here for two years and I don't know what I've accomplished. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, well, wait a sec. Did you have your hands on the wheel? You know what I mean? Making whatever those decisions are, you know, whatever works for you at that exact moment in your, in, in you know, in your development, in, 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 in relation to what's going on in the rest of your life, just make sure you're making decisions. And so the career coach is really, really driving that. So they have access to folks all the time because they're out there talking yeah. to people about that. That's cool. It sort of gives you like a conscious reason, like this is what I'm doing and this is why I'm here. Right. Cause I think a lot of people just clock in, clock out <laughs> a lot of the time. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, it is interesting. You know, I talk a lot about our values at Gale, you know, we created them before we had a name, frankly, before we had an agency, the founders aligned on the values because that's what we knew were going to be most important. And all of our values manifest in this idea that, you know, we want to help create better humans um, by teaching them skills, you know, as we can at Gale. But also this idea that we just want people to be active participants in their career. I mean, we all know it. No matter where we are in the great resignation or quiet resigning or quiet quitting, whatever, still spending a ton of time at work. Mm -hmm. And that time should that time should be as rich as possible. However you define rich at whatever moment that is, you should be actively making decisions. And as long as you're actively making decisions, then frankly, um, you know, that's, that's, that's all we can ask for. And so, so Gail, when I talk about growing integrated strategists, I talk about goals and objectives. I talk about, you know, the, the values for us, it's all about the people. Mm -hmm. Like that is the magic. That's why we are where we are. That's why integrated works here. Um, you know, that's why we've seen the growth that we have. It's all about great people and our culture and great clients. And, yeah. and I think when you focus on that, 
everything else happens that needs to happen. Yeah. Well, I think it's also uh, why you were tapped to lead the Stagwell brand performance group, right? So talk about, talk about that and what that is and what your role is there. Yeah. So my role at Branded Performance Network is the head of strategy and, and, and product. And my role there is really to bring together a set of agencies that uniquely solve clients' problems. You know, one of the things we saw in other networks and other holding companies is they've really created networks that benefit their efficiency. Let's put all our media agencies together. Let's put all our creative agencies together. But frankly, those networks don't benefit clients because you're not going to work with three or four agencies that are all media agencies. So Brand and Performance Network, my role is really to assemble a set of agencies that allow us globally to provide a fully integrated solution for clients, everything from brand and creative to media to commerce in one you know, network that allows for one client P&L and one MSA and one contract. And so um, and so we built the brand and performance network, which I think is actually a really unique network when you look out there, because it is not a whole bunch of homogeneous agencies, but rather a set of uniquely put, put together agencies, some that are B2B, some that are B2C, that allow us to go to market and say, hey, if you're looking to consolidate marketer, which is a lot of consolidation going on, and you're looking to consolidate with a network, you've got a network here that has an agency that does everything you need, not a whole bunch of agencies that do the same thing. And that's really my role at the Brand and Performance Network. Yeah. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. I know Stagwell does that, uh, has a bunch of different networks um, that that do that, which it seems very intuitive to me. Um, I know uh, Crispin is in the Brand Performance Network. Talk about your plans for Crispin. I know it's been, there's been a few ups and downs there. Um, what? How are you going to revive the network? Yeah, I mean, look, we've done a few really interesting things with Crispin. I mean, Crispin for the longest time has been three offices around the globe that have worked kind of independently, which I think is a traditional model for agencies. And one of the things we did is brought that together. So now we are Crispin with three offices as opposed to three offices that are Crispin. You know, I've brought the the leadership that frankly has been around Crispin for five, six, seven. Vinny in Brazil has been there for eight years and created a global leadership team at Crispin. And then the other thing that we've done is just kind of refreshed our proposition, modern marketing for modern audiences with modern media is really how we're going to market. And um, and there is no doubt there has been some ups and downs at Crispin. But I would say that with this new structure, with the new positioning, and frankly, with the new focus, we're starting to see the right type of results come back around. I mean, Crispin was one of those brands, frankly, that people pull for. Because, you know, arguably at one point back in the Wayback Machine, they redefined what modern marketing was, you know, with a whole bunch of folks that I frankly have never met. And I think, you know, my time there is really going to be about helping them kind of make Crispin modern again, kind of bring it together and really help to, to bring the leadership team that's been there kind of to the forefront and kind of allow them to win. The interesting thing about Crispin is they have such great people. Um, frankly, I think it just needs a little bit of uh, a little bit of experience of uh, of kind of bringing great leadership and teams together to allow them to win. And so that's what I'm going to going to help Crispin with as I uh, as as we embark in 2023. I'm pretty excited about it. Interesting. Yeah, I'm excited to see what you do with it. So before we go, since it is my first podcast of the year, uh, I'd love to get a prediction or two out of you for the year ahead, what are you most thinking about? What do you think is going to rock the marketing landscape? 
Yeah, I, I think there's some interesting things. You know, uh, I think uh, I think the first thing that's going to happen in the marketing landscape is is I think CRM is about to be redefined from customer relationship management to community relationship management, which I think is going to be really interesting. I think that lens is interesting. I think the other thing that we're expecting to happen this year is is really the on mass presence of Gen Z to show up. You know, as marketers, we focus on folks that are at the top end of millennials. Um, and then you have the millennials generation, but you have this Gen Z generation that believes and operates so differently than the millennial generation from belief, sustainability, diversity, things that matter. Um, we're expecting that to be really present. And, 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 and I think the, 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 the final thing that we're expecting is I am really hopeful that we are going to find a at scale consumer application for the blockchain and NFTs as we move into 2023. I think the idea of like, uh, you know, I wrote this article called no more metaverse agencies of record, please. This idea we published of uh, it. the metaverse and CRISPO, yeah, cri- crypto and the metaverse and NFTs and blockchain all being jammed into one thing, I think is not helpful. I think there are some interesting scalable consumer centric views for the blockchain. So so we're expecting those three things, um, community, not customer, um, you know, a scalable uh, implementation for blockchain, uh, and then really the focusing of marketers on Gen Z and the things that are important to them around sustainability, diversity, and really uh, to really be the trends as we're moving into 2023. Awesome. Well, I guess I'll, I'll call you at the end of the year and see if you're right. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, Brad. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for joining the podcast and uh, we'll chat soon. Thank you very much. It was a lot of fun. That's all the time we have for this week. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to Campaign Chemistry on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.